This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 433. Connect by Cultivating Chosen Family, part two, by Christine Klusman of christineklusman.com. Hey there, I'm Joss Marie, and welcome back to my show. You're listening to the podcast where I narrate all things relationship-based, and I'll actually be covering part two of a post from psychologist and connection researcher Christine Klusman today. So if you're new here or skipping around, it'd probably be best to listen to episode 432 first, which has the first part of this post. But if you're here for part two, then let's get right into it and continue optimizing your life. Connect by Cultivating Chosen Family, part two, by Christine Klusman of christineklusman.com. Finding Chosen Family For most people, chosen family members are typically developed through school relationships or existing friend pools. But they can also include a larger set of people that may not strike you as obvious friends, such as people you admire profoundly and have yet to meet, those you share a deep passion with, young people you mentor or have a special bond with, or as in my case, an older generation of adults. The beauty of the concept of chosen family is that it's a far more inclusive and expansive group of people that can play a key role in your life. There are likely many people in the world who share your deeply held values and beliefs and who are aligned with you emotionally, spiritually, and intellectually, many more than the people who happen to share a bloodline with you. I find there is often an almost immediate feeling of kinship when you discover people who share your belief system, and they can feel like family to you even if you've never even met. When I meet people like this at a protest or somewhere else, I feel an almost instant love for them, and the mutual admiration and affection flows effortlessly. As we get to know each other further, we also typically discover other shared qualities and values. We are simpatico kindred spirits. When you set your intention to prioritizing and attracting people into your life with whom you share a fundamental belief system, you have the means to create your own family culture. You choose and help to shape the culture that you identify with, instead of being defined by an existing and often fixed family culture that may or may not suit you. Cultivating Chosen Family As with everything related to connection, cultivating chosen family starts with setting a clear and powerful intention, consciously deciding that this is important to you and then putting some attention to the matter, such as thought and effort. Start by considering the idea in a lighthearted way, where you hold the concept loosely and have fun with it. You want to feel comfortable and open-minded as you contemplate your self-made family tree. There are probably as many different right ways to find and interact with your chosen family as there are chosen families. You might cultivate individual relationships one by one or join a small group of friends who share a mutual need and appreciation. You might approach it like I do with open heart and mind, scanning the environment for the many and various types of people who may feel like family to me. You could also adopt a larger group of people with whom you share something profound, such as a sobriety group or veteran group that has literally been through the war together. I've heard many individuals in these groups share something deeply personal and express their feeling that the group is their family. You might enjoy expressing your chosen family intention and declaration out loud to people, singing it from the rooftops together, or it can be a quiet, powerful, and loving intention you keep to yourself. It may be a combination depending on the relationship. You might have a mutually expressed commitment with someone where you say, I consider you my chosen family, and someone says, right back at ya. Or it might be a one-sided statement, as with my friend's parents. I call them my surrogate or chosen mother and father, and they willingly accept and are flattered by this, but I'm certain they don't have the same need or yearning to call me their chosen or surrogate daughter. The one-sided nature of the expression doesn't remotely diminish the value of the chosen family status. 
It's up to you how you build your chosen family. You're choosing it after all. But it's important not to put pressure on the process. Begin by opening your eyes and cluing into the people who give you the greatest sense of belonging. It is a slow, natural, ongoing process that you don't want to force. And if you're feeling uncomfortably forced by someone you're considering, well, you probably want to look elsewhere for the family you want. Interacting with Chosen Family One of the greatest features of Chosen Family is its lack of established expectations. You, the members of the Chosen Family, will decide how you like to interact and how often. In the case of my chosen parental figures, years may go by between our direct interactions, and that works perfectly fine for everyone. We might not speak directly, but I might hear from my friends, their biological children, my dad wanted to congratulate you and tell you how proud of you he is. Or, my mom was devastated when I told her what happened to you and couldn't believe, dot dot dot. These indirect interactions still feed me, and I think them, profoundly. And my conscious intentions to internalize their words as those of a parent provides me with enormous satisfaction. If a partner or inner circle friend is part of your chosen family, the interaction and commitment will likely be much higher than this and include daily contact and intimate involvement in all aspects of each other's lives. But again, it's totally up to the people involved. One very powerful and important ritual many people have is including their chosen family in important family-type holidays and special occasions. The gesture has enormous symbolism, cementing the idea that you are family without needing to state that explicitly. There is no more sacred inner chamber to be invited into than births, deaths, and intimate family holidays. This might be challenging for many people who feel out of obligation or an overzealous sense of loyalty that they can be only with their biological families on these occasions. But spending holidays only with biological family every year can feel like you're living in a rut. And I believe this is a big reason why the end of your holidays are such trying times for many people. If that's your situation, experiment with a friend's giving dinner or inviting non-relatives more often to mix up and expand the usual family dynamic. One way to make this less threatening to relatives who may prefer traditional family-only events is to rotate the plan every other year, which is what I do. One year I will spend Christmas primarily with my biological family, wherever that may be happening, and the following year, my partner and I reach out to friends for alternative ideas and plans. Some of my most cherished holiday experiences have been the delightful surprise and authentic intimacy that comes from celebrating a holiday with new people. To be clear, the purpose and beauty of intentionally cultivating a chosen family is not to diminish, replace, negate, or threaten your loyalties to your biological relatives. It's simply to augment and expand your definition of family into a more flexible and inclusive frame. I think of it as a win-win that really has no downside. You just listened to part two of the post titled, Connect by Cultivating Chosen Family by Christine Klusman of christineklusman.com. Lee and I are very fortunate to have biological family with whom we're really close to and who we enjoy spending a lot of time with. But we know that this isn't the case for everyone, so I can really appreciate Christine's detailed approach to finding, interacting, and cultivating a chosen family. That feeling of kinship she describes is something you'd probably understand right away if you've always felt a sense of disconnection to your biological family who you may not be aligned with on a mental, emotional, or spiritual level. And if you're balancing time for your chosen family with your biological family, be sure to allocate time for both as there's no reason for one to diminish or replace the other. Cherish how expanding your definition of family can set your spirit free through building connections that satisfy your deeper needs. And with that, let's go ahead and wrap up today's episode. 
I hope you're having a fantastic week so far, and hopefully maybe even one of Christine's tips really struck a chord with you. Let us know. Here's to quality relationships and having a great Wednesday. I'll see you again tomorrow where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily, the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more from incredible bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.